Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Welcome to Bear Archery's Hunting 101 podcast, where hunters new and old come to learn and find inspiration from stories of hunts gone by. Everyone is welcome to enjoy the outdoor way of life, and there is no better time to start than right now. So let's head into the great outdoors with your host, Dylan Ray. All right, welcome to Bear Archery's Hunting 101 podcast. I am joined by Thomas and Nathan Crick. Gentlemen, how are you? We're doing great. well. Mm-hmm. Now, you guys are identical twins, but one is better looking than the other, right? That is the truth. Yeah, I, get I got that, married. I get that all the time. I, I, get, I got what? married first, so. Well, there you go. There you had yeah. it. You heard it first. <laughs> or, cool. or was Nathan just being pickier? Oh, I was being well, pickier guess, for sure. <laughs> I don't know. If, me and Nate aren't in the same room, but um, we'd be wrestling if we were. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. No, I've got a brother. I've got a brother, and we are not identical twins. Uh, but I'm certainly, certainly better looking than he is. He, uh, <laughs> he's kind of an ugly. He's kind of an ugly dude, and uh, he does all the editing for this podcast. So uh, oh, I'm sure he'll hear this immediately. So he'll Ever be the first did. to hear it. But uh, yeah, at least this... he'll know the truth. You know? <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. Nice. No, Thomas and Nathan, you guys are identical draw. Um, which by the way, love the name. Um, you know, nobody else can pull it off except for identical twins. So, Mm -hmm. so it's an incredible name, man. Incredible story. Uh, before we dive in, give me a quick introduction to yourselves and, uh, and, and kind of how identical draw was birthed. Yeah. Thomas, you could start. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, basically a love for the outdoors, um, at an early age, thanks to our dad. Um, he dedicated his hunting time to take us out uh, during spring and the fall we uh, never went big game hunting with him that's something that me and nate found for ourselves um, but he got us out pheasant hunting um, one trip a year which um, I'm, I'm thinking about doing for my own son because it made me it gave me that hook so bad um, just have, only going out one time a year it was like uh, you look forward to it so much um, but yeah i guess we just finally began pulling out that iPhone, uh, on different like spring Turkey hunts. Um, I remember Nate, Nate was the first one to film my younger brother, um, shoot a Turkey and he was able to like send it to me, um, send it to my phone. And I was able to watch the whole thing. I was like, this is insane. Like, um, being able to like relive the hunt that they just watched. So, um, that they just did. So basically we went to Heartland Bowhunter film school and that is kind of where we, um, started this whole filming, uh, our hunts thing. And, um, it, it's gone quickly since, um, we had like a trial fall that fall, um, terrible footage, didn't have a tree arm is basically one of us, uh, in the tree holding the camera while the was other that, dude was, was that 2016? Yeah, that was yeah, in fall 2016. Right? Yeah. Um, so that was just like a, a fun trial fall, not really knowing where this whole thing would go. 
Um, I was away uh, three hours at, at college, and uh, Nate was here in Lincoln at college. So every every couple weekends, I'd come home. We we'd hunt um, and just kind of do that, and which led us to get on Carbon TV and um, the next spring start working with bear. Yeah, that I could piggyback off of that. I mean, it was it, this has all started because of an extreme love for the outdoors. Um, coming back from those first pheasant hunting trips and just crying the entire drive home and before school the next day, because we, it was just what we lived for. And, um, yeah, Thomas and I, we definitely got the itch the most out of everybody in our family, um, which is pretty obvious. And we've just, I don't know, we've, we've been, um, great friends. I know we're brothers, but we're also great friends and we are good business partners with one another. So this whole identical draw things actually worked out. Okay. So, um, yeah, like, like you said, the Harlan bow hunter thing, that film school, it, it set us up for the content that we produce today. Like we really like, we want to have some of the best content photo and video in the industry. We, that's, that's just what we shoot for and aim for. Um, so we buy the gear accordingly that can do that. And we also spend time on our hunts and things like that. But yeah, 20, this whole identical draw thing was, like a big dream starting out, but it's as every year passes, it just becomes more and more of a realistic thing for us. So, um, yeah, we've just loved filming all of these hunts. That's awesome, man. It, it, it's, it's an incredible testimony to you guys as, as, as brothers, um, that you are such good friends and that you can work together. So, so well, mm-hmm. uh, you know, me and my brother, uh, like I said, uh, he does all the editing for this. And so, mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we work really well together too. And he, he literally is my very best friend, uh, on the face of the planet. And, uh, and, and that's just, it's a beautiful thing when not only, when not only you can be brothers, but you can have that, that friend relationship and function as friends would, um, which is why I think it's so unique to follow you guys and watch you guys on social media and on carbon TV and, and just see the way you guys interact as not only brothers, but as best friends, it's just a, it's a unique deal and I appreciate it. Mm, definitely yeah we we appreciate hearing that because uh two stories quick we we won a uh our sophomore year of college when identical draw was really starting to take off we uh we won a business pitch contest and basically like a shark tank yeah basically like a shark tank yep so we were sent over to estonia the country over by russia and uh to work with um, entrepreneurs for like two weeks and then we went to south carolina for the final week and uh just to try to work on our business. Um, there are a bunch of other different companies that were at this, like basically summit for three weeks too. And, um, there are a few things I noticed. We like, even though we wouldn't like agree on everything with the business, like we'd always work it out because we're brothers. We could figure it out. And after two weeks with all these other like companies, these new startups working together, I could see tensions growing among them. And Thomas and I, at one point we were like, we're the only company right now that aren't having like little, issues because they don't like one another or they don't agree because we're brothers and we've had to figure things out since we were born. Um, and then the other thing, which I find really interesting is those three weeks when we were meeting with entrepreneurs was basically amping up for another pitch contest, another shark tank, which you could win money from. Um, and during, during the Q and a, um, I remember one of the judges looking me square in the eyes saying this whole identical thing, the whole, dr- the whole identical brothers thing, the twins thing, the brothers thing, it's not, it's not a niche. It's nothing for you guys. Like, it's not like, it's, it's, it's funny and all it's cool, but it's not going to do anything for you guys business wise. <laughs> and I think that is like the farthest 
from the truth because everybody we talk to thinks it's like a big deal and it's like our niche. And I think it's, I think the brotherhood and the identical draw, the identical twin thing is what makes identical draw, identical draw. So. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's what makes it, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, you know, just, just two brothers doing hunt. I mean, it, it just adds a unique aspect to it. Yep. Um, before we dive in, because I do have a lot of questions and I am excited to, to dive into those. Uh, before we dive in, I want to give a quick thank you to our friends over at Easton. Uh, they make some of the best arrows money can buy. Um, I absolutely love their Axis lineup, and they just came out with an Axis 4mm, which is one of the best flying arrows that you could ever shoot out of your bow. Um, I'm actually going to be shooting it out of my compound and my recurve. So go check out Easton and all of their arrows, but I would especially check out the uh, Axis lineup and uh, the 4mm Axis that they just released. So go check out Easton Archery. Gentlemen, what what was it that drove you guys to bear archery? Like, what was the compelling factor of bear archery for identical draw? Hmm, that's a good question. So I would say, I'd say the biggest thing is anybody that dabbles in the archery world, you have to respect Fred Bear and Bear Archery. You just have to. I mean, there can only be one founder, and I mean, Fred Bear's the guy. Um, so I think that was over like an overarching thing with why we love Bear and we, we wanted to shoot Bear in the first place. Yeah, um, I think we'll get to it, Dylan, but like just the whole like the Fred Bear way, um, it just, it sticks, it stuck out to us, I guess, more than any, any other company. Um, just, yeah, the history, everything that Nate just said, um, the history of Fred Bear, like I couldn't imagine, I guess, shooting for a different company. Nate, um, Nate's first bow was, uh, was bear. Wasn't it Nate? Yep. It was a bear with a trophy ridge site. Yeah. It just, that's what, like, that's what every like new hunter, um, Every uh, kid getting into bow hunting, I'm, I mean, should shoot. It's just the the OG of uh, archery hunting. You guys are, I say, bear archery is the the. I always tell people this is my like my pitch for why people should shoot bear. You can spend the least amount of money and have the best shooting bow. Um, you can you can buy a very cheap bow from bear archery and kill an elk. Yeah, and you can't do that from any other company period. Yeah. So that's, that's my, that's my pitch. You can't. You're right. And that is, that is, you know, a lot of times bear archery, um, and we're aware of this gets the rep for being the beginner bow. Um, because they, they do make such great bows for the beginners. Uh, you know, I just ordered my daughter a, a new Royale and, uh, that's going to be her first bow. And I got my wife a new legit. And, uh, and so they do make, phenomenal entry-level bows and so oftentimes they, they they get tagged as being the the bow for beginners and that's true if if you're gonna i would recommend anybody if they're getting started to look at bear archery because like you guys said you can buy cheap bows elsewhere but you're not going to get a bow that performs near as good as as a budget bow from bear so i do encourage beginners to look at bear archery but they make some of the finest bows, period, for any bow hunter. Mm -hmm. uh, for for the guy who's going on a backcountry, you know, mountain goat hunt, and and you know the the quote unquote real deal hardcore bow hunter, they make the bows for that guy in the redemption, uh, you know, or in the Kodiak if you're shooting a recover. I mean, they they make some of the finest bows that you can put put your hands on, and so 
oftentimes they get that they get that mentality of being just a beginner bow and and then once you get serious you graduate from it and man i i faced that that that's my testimony to a t Mm-hmm. I started with a bare bow, started working at a bow shop through college. And, uh, you know, I got bagged on a little bit for shooting a bear and, and, oh, you need to get, you know, you need to move up now. And so I did. And I got away from bear for four or five years. And here's the problem. I had a bear charger, which was a budget level entry bow. And I could shoot that thing lights out. And I had it for for however long I had it and uh, started working at the bow shop and they said, you've got to buy a new bow. And so I'm not going to name any names, but I dropped, you know, $1,100 on a bow. And for a college kid, that was everything I had. And and my fiance at the time is seriously looking at me like, are you kidding me? That's you just bought a new car in a bow. And I'm like, well, I have to because I'm a serious bow hunter. (laughs) And so I took that $1,100 bow out and I couldn't shoot worth a flip with it. And I'm like, why did I get rid of my $400 entry level bare bow? And, uh, and so I, I went through that process of, you know, four or five years, five or six years of chasing down, um, the biggest and the best bows. And when I came back to bear archery, it was almost just like a, okay, I can get back to what I love now. I can get back to, and I got those, the, and I think the first bow coming back was probably, oh, was probably the, um, Let's see here. I think the Kuma, not the Kuma 30, but I think the Kuma was my first bow back with Bear. And it was almost just like, this bow will compete with anything. Why did I ever think I had to leave, you know? And, uh, you know, it was just that coming home feeling. And so, but I understand what you guys are saying fully and completely. Um, Tell me about your 2020 year. Uh, What'd you guys... What did you guys accomplish in 2020? Uh, how did COVID play a role in 2020? Um, did it? Did it, Did you have to put a lot of your hunts off? I mean, how did that mm-hmm. year go for you guys? Yeah, I'd say, so just to start off, like, I mean, complete 365 days ago, our January, February, March, like, we, for anybody that follows us, um, we, they know we have this, this 80 acres in Northeast Kansas. If you don't know us, go to our YouTube, um, Kansas City Land Series. It's kind of like our little little whitetail niche um we've got just 80 acres of, of basically prime whitetail ground i mean there are some it's it's probably some of the best whitetail ground in the country i would say i mean you can't really beat northeast kansas and we manage that heavily for whitetails and just wildlife in general so our i mean our january february march a lot of um timber work most of the 80 acres is timber so a lot of timber work um, we're shed hunting, we're doing prescribed burns. Um, but last, um, when COVID hit in March last year, we were able to do most of our trips. Um, we had already bought our, our, uh, turkey tags. And so Thomas and I just traveling together. I mean, we weren't seeing anybody. We just, we'd stay in the car, travel hunt. And, uh, so, I mean, we were able to turkey hunt a decent bit. And I thought we had a pretty good spring last year, hunting Nebraska, South Dakota, um, Wisconsin. Is that all of them, Tom, for turkeys? Yeah, or Kansas too. Oh yeah, Kansas too. Yeah, and most of those hunts were successful. I think every every hunt, but maybe Wisconsin, which we got really close on that hunt. But yeah, so our spring was pretty much normal. But I'd say the biggest thing about our year was um, last year at ATA, we went to this social media summit, which was basically how can we continue 
this hunting legacy? How can we retain hunters better? How can we get more people out hunting? How can we clean up social media so that people aren't turned away from hunting social media? And um, that was basically, that fueled our entire year because we left that conversation actually wanting to do something. And so we started this up, this whole new hunter project, which was the bulk of our fall. We were taking new hunters on their first or maybe second hunts. Um, and bear played a huge role in that. They gave us three crossbows, um, and bolts and all that stuff. And we had a bunch of hunters find their, their success with their first big game animal with the bear crossbows. Um, but yeah, we took out, um, 11 hunters, I think 11 new hunters this last fall. Um, we did an antelope hunt, we did a mule deer hunt, we did an elk hunt and we did whitetail hunts. And it was, it was the best fall ever. I mean, everybody was hooked. Everybody went back home and continued to hunt, um, shared it with their family, um, kids, friends. It was, it was amazing that Thomas, you want to add? Yeah. Um, it was, you had a good question, Dylan. Cause it's like from, it depends whose perspective you're looking through, like of how you'd rate a successful year. Um, mm-hmm. me and Nate like killed the least amount of animals we ever have, like since getting into identical draw. Um, neither of us killed a whitetail buck on our 80. Um, we, we spent like 60, like 60 plus days, uh, in the woods on new hunter hunts or, um, our own personal hunts. Um, but yeah, we had Spencer Newhart out to our 80. He's with meat eater. Um, he writes and does a lot of rough, fresh and wired hunt stuff. And he's on the meat eater podcast every once in a while, but we had him out to our 80 for a rifle hunt and he was able to shoot our uh biggest buck at that time um who we had some history with so that was that was like kind of our i guess personal even though we didn't kill that buck but that was like our um non-new hunter hunt that was kind of exciting for us this past year but yeah we we couldn't have asked for a better fall just getting to personally learn from these new hunters how they think um like what's going on in their mind as like a white-tailed doe walks in front of them at like 20 30 yards um it was pretty much the same reaction from everybody. Like, um, basically like it was like numbing, like they couldn't believe like what was happening. Um, just their reaction to it. Like if we had honestly looking back at the year, we had more successful hunts than I thought we were going to, um, we killed three white tails in, uh, our first hunt. We, uh, had a new hunter shoot a antelope buck at 60 yards. And we, we picked out like specific hunters, um, based on how much, um, like archery practice they had for those first couple Western hunts. Cause we knew those were going to be the more difficult hunts. And then we had more of our newbies for the whitetail hunts, which we used the bear crossbows for, which are just amazing. Like you can have never shot a crossbow. And then like 30 minutes later, like just be absolutely confident and dialed in at 20, 30, 40 yards. Um, so those were fantastic. And we were able to shoot those three whitetails with them. Um, but yeah, just, just like an outstanding year, um, learning mainly from these new hunters. We had a couple of good personal hunts. We did like a South Dakota mule deer. And, um, I mean, Nate, did we do anything else besides that? Like Western wise, I guess we were just with new hunters. Otherwise, um, yeah, we did we were, a lot of whitetail hunting. Yeah. A lot of, we, I think for you and I, it was only that South Dakota mule deer hunt and then whitetail stuff. Um, but yeah, I mean, we got out, we got out a ton and like we had some really tough hunts, like our Colorado elk hunt. I mean, I hunted 
eight days straight without seeing an elk on Colorado public land with new hunters. That that's a grind. Yeah. That is a that can be rough. That is that is rough. And we are putting in miles and some work in every single day. But then like other hunts, I mean, like we had honestly, I had one of the best October whitetail hunts I've ever had with one of the new hunters. I mean, big bucks kind of thing. And like they they were shook. H- having new hunters have that first or second experience with like a big game animal coming in close and like realizing that a shot opportunity might happen. That watching that was, I mean, my highlight. And we had one guy, um, we pick on him a ton, our buddy Dylan. He uh, he was one of the new hunters and he missed a big, he missed two like big, big uh, Nebraska mule deer on public land. Um, one at like 60 yards really wasn't his fault. The deer just dodged the arrow hardcore, but the other one, he, he just got buck fever at like 40 yards, um, broadside on this huge muley. And just watching that play out is that's what I love about archery. It's so hard. Yeah. I mean, you really have to be like perfect at your craft to have something like that come together. Um, but yeah, that, that was the new hunter and Kansas City success this last year. I mean, we were chasing, um, we were chasing like a 200 inch slightly, slightly under buck, um, on our Kansas 80. So that whenever we were like not doing new hunter hunts, that was our, that was our focus. He ended up getting shot by a neighbor who had been out like twice that year. That's just how it happens. Um, but yeah, they, I think they rough scored him at some, some BS number. Um, it was like, what was it like, like 210 day, I think. And he broke off in two spots. No, they, uh, they, they rough scored him. <laughs> they rough scored him at, like 193 or 194 oh yeah that's which right. was way which is yeah. i mean way too like before he was busted off like he was definitely borderline 200 inches but he busted off at least 20 inches i bet yeah and so there's no way after busting off 20 inches he's still 193 but yeah i know i've told you guys off air but you know i work for pope and young uh, i'm their marketing director at pope and young and so you get so many people come and they're like dude check out this 170 and I'm like, dude, that is a gorgeous 140, man. Congrats. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they're like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, dude, 140 is a great deer. Be proud of it, man. But it's not a 170. And uh, and they like freak out. And I'm like, okay, just go get it scored by one of our official scorers. And then I'll take you at your word for it. And, you know, then they'll call me back. And I'm like, yeah, it's 143. And I'm like, all right, I told you. <laughs> and uh, I'm like, don't, don't, don't be ashamed of a 140, man. It's a beautiful yeah. deer. Yeah. Um, but but it's not a 170 and so people all the time are like check out my 180 i'm like when i see a score sheet i'll believe it but until then it's a it's a 150 yeah that that that's funny we have, me and nate always pick on a buddy of ours that like he just it's his guess is usually about 20 inches um higher than what uh it would be and mm-hmm. we just always we always like just um make like jokingly with the guy we're just like always making like jokes with him because he always mm-hmm. thinks the deer bigger than they actually are but yeah it's funny now i will say one time when i first moved to kansas i grew up in arkansas uh where the deer can fit in your back pocket and uh <laughs> i moved to kansas and i get a deer on trail camera and uh i was asking buddies what they thought it would score and i'm like no way you're way over scoring this thing and uh and they're like, listen, dude, you have to understand something else. You're looking at deer that are, are, you're used to looking at deer that weigh 130 pounds, 140 pounds. And so it makes their antlers look big. This buck mm-hmm. you're looking at probably weighs 300 pounds. So his antlers look a lot smaller than mm-hmm. they actually are. And I'm like, 
no, you know, I just, and of course I was, I was young, wet behind the ears. You know, I had no idea what a Kansas deer was like. And, uh, I remember the first deer I harvested, I walk up to it and the body, I was just like, holy crud. The yep. body was massive and it made the antlers look tiny. And so then it all came into perspective, but I do remember that was the one time I way underjudged a deer when they were actually right. And, uh, yeah. but, but yeah, man, I was just, I, I, I never, I never could have imagined the body difference because when I moved to Kansas, I was a 19 year old, 19 year old kid only hunted in Arkansas up to this point. And, uh, so I was used to these deer running around in Southern Arkansas, you know, you shoot a doe weighs 70 pounds. You're happy. Um, yeah. And and then here I get uh, and you're shooting a doe that weighs 160, 170, 180, and, and that's a good doe. And I'm just like, man, it's a complete different game. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah, we've just from owning that um, that Kansas 80 for like two seasons, we've walked up on three um, three big bucks, and yeah, the body size never gets old. Just how massive they are. They're like a horse. They're like yeah. a stinking horse. You see them and you're like, good grief, man. And we, so, so we recently went down to, uh, me and Alec went down to Southern Texas on a whitetail hunt. And, uh, and we were asking the guy, well, what's a, what's a big bodied deer going to weigh? Like, what's a big buck going to weigh? And he's like, well, you know, 140, 150. And I'm like, holy crap. Do that deer yeah. I shot this year. The, the, the buck I shot this year in Kansas, uh, was not a giant. Uh, I'll tell you that it was not a big deer and, uh, and he weighed 270, I think. Yeah. And, uh, I was just like, you're talking 140 uh, on a big buck. Um, man, I was just, it, it's just a different game. You get here to the Midwest and, uh, it's just a different game than anywhere else in the country. And, uh, it's, it's fun hunting for sure. But, uh, no, uh, so what do you got shooting this year? 2021, um, bear archery got, dropped an incredible lineup, which kudos to all the guys at bear who worked on that. But, uh, what are you, what are you guys going to be shooting this, this upcoming year from bear archery? I'd say, um, I mean the best lineup that we've ever been a part of from bear, um, mm-hmm. this, this year, um, uh, going back Dylan, what you said, like you started off with the Kuma and that was, that was our first bear bow, um, back to bear as well. And, man, I love that thing. Um, I shot my first mule deer with it. Uh, I'd never been like so confident in my shot, um, than from when I switched to bear. Um, uh, but this year I'm shooting the redemption EKO, um, in the Fred bear camo, which I think is awesome. Um, uh, best by far the best, um, bear bow I've ever shot. Um, we, I, hmm, have I, I haven't killed anything with it yet. Um, been on many hunts, uh, with it. And I've just like, I've loved, loved it. Been so confident with my shot. Um, Nate, what are you shooting? I'm shooting the Divergent EKO. Um, nice. and I'm, that is in the slate. Is that what the, I think that the darker gray, uh, the iron. Yep. in the iron. And yep. I've got the, uh, react trio pro on there. I've been shooting that for a, like quite a few years. I just love that site from trophy Ridge, but yeah, I'm, it's I'm one of the greatest sites ever. Oh yeah. I, I, I just, the, I mean, just changing for like Western game, but it also works great for whitetail. Just having those three pins ready to go. Can I give you a life hack? Go for it. <laughs> you can you can get the Pro One dovetail, and those heads are interchangeable. So you can t- take the the React Trio head and put it on the dovetail, and then you have the React Trio on a dovetail, which is what I've done. Mm. And I've shot that same site now for four years, and it's just 
there's no need to change it because it's perfect because yeah. I love a three pin slider, but I love yeah. a three pin slider on a dovetail. So you can rip that head off of the, of the single, of the uh, react one pro dovetail and put your trio head on that. And then you've got the react trio on a dovetail and it's just phenomenal. Gotcha. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. I remember when I heard that uh, because I had shot the react trio for a year and, uh, and I heard that from one of the guys who was an engineer at bear at the time. And he's like, yeah, those heads are completely interchangeable. And I'm like, so you're <laughs> telling me, <laughs> and I can put this head on the dovetail. And he was like, yes. And I'm like, and it'll work just like the React Trio, but it'll be on dovetail. He said, yes. And I was just blown away. And mm -hmm. I ran home and I went to Trophy Ridge and I ordered a React One Pro uh, dovetail and I switched them out. And I have never looked back because it's just, it hits everything I want in a site and it's perfect. Yep. Definitely. Now, are you guys, uh, you guys said that, um, how many shooters did you say? Did you say eight hunters shot their first animal, the bear crossbow? Is that how many you said? So we had, we had, uh, I think three shot whitetails with the crossbows. Is that right? Okay. Tom? Yep. Three. Yep. Well, I was way many, off. <laughs> many, 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 uh, close. We had, what was it? I think we had eight, seven okay. or eight whitetail hunters and we were really close, uh, mm -hmm. on many other accounts, but three were mm -hmm. successful. Mm -hmm. Which crossbow were they shooting? They, um, the constrictor, I think the constrictor CDX. Yeah. The constrictor, uh, the constrictor is a great crossbow. I, uh, I got my dad a, a constrictor, uh, his shoulders got too bad to pull a bow back. And so I got him a constrictor and, uh, he's fallen in love with it. He absolutely loves that thing. I think he leaves it in his truck year round and he'll just jump out and start shooting it randomly. <laughs> uh, yeah. he loves it. Mm-hmm. It was, yeah, just what Tom was saying earlier. We, it was our best option for just not having to worry about new hunters making, making a tough shot. I mean, they felt super confident right off the bat with just a little bit of practice. It was just ideal. That's awesome, man. Now you can, I will say this though, the legit in a situation like that, the legit is perfect because literally within minutes you can have it set up for a different hunter uh, with different draw lengths and different poundages, mm -hmm. um, which is why I think it's such a phenomenal bow. I ordered one for my wife, full knowing that if I go on a hunt, uh, you know, if I go to Idaho on a backcountry hunt, I can set that thing to 27 and a half inch draw, 70 pounds, side it in, throw it in my bag, and I have a, a backup bow and it'll perform flawlessly. Uh, or, you know, if my wife isn't shooting it one day and my kids want to shoot it, I can crank it down, lower the draw length. My kids can be shooting it. It's, it's literally just a, a bow that you could take on a backcountry hunt as serious as you need it to be, or you can shoot in the backyards with the kids. And so it's just a, a fantastic bow. Uh, but you're right. I mean, once you're, when you're trying to get somebody involved in hunting like that and, and do it rather quickly. And, and so you can move on to the next one is a crossbow is, is the way to go. Yeah. You, you, you just can't beat it. I mean, it's just so easy to use. We, we actually had a couple new hunters bring their compounds. Um, just like, thinking that they might be ready to uh, shoot a uh, deer with that. And like by the end of I me and they had like just pretty strict rules with these new hunters. We didn't want like anything, um, I guess, traumatic to happen as like, far as like a bad shot goes or anything like that. So um, we were pretty strict. Like if um, I think maybe it's Cam Haynes or, or whatever, he says like two inch group at 20 yards, three inch group at 30 yards. It's kind of like what we go by um that's what you should be shooting like if you want to shoot at an animal and um 
like they shot like they they weren't bad shots but they just like didn't have the confidence that um me like me and they wanted to see we didn't we just didn't want anything like bad or we didn't want them to be turned away from hunting if they made a bad shot so we had we had all three of these crossbows like already sighted in and uh, we'd be like hey you guys should try shooting these crossbows like if you're not feeling fully confident sure enough like after shooting after shooting them in like stacking groups in like a quarter size area um i mean they're they all went out with crossbows the next day and just like felt confident as ever i actually uh we had a late december hunt that we like we didn't actually like count towards our new hunter um total number but we had like seven seven hunters with us and uh i think four or five of them were new hunters just um family or close friends and um they all shot crossbows and i was like shooting one just to make sure we're all dialed in and i actually um robin hood one of the one of our crossbow bolts so that's just how accurate they are <laughs> like i i was even like specifically i was aiming at different um different dots like on our target but i forgot that there was already an arrow at one of them and i just robin hooded it perfect <laughs> that's hilarious man i yeah. remember i remember when you're a kid you like try to robin hood you'll go to like four yeah. yards and shoot at your arrows you know and now it's like now you start crying because you're like no it costs money yeah and uh you know but when you're a kid you don't ever think about money uh you're just like mom and dad will buy me more and uh or you know i have to go find something i've lost in the past or whatever i remember one time being out of arrows and uh going to walk around my backyard and looking in the grass for for ones i had lost you know um and finding like three or four and and uh like yes i can shoot again (laughs) yeah but uh now Dude, I got a cool message, um, and I, and I just want to mention it uh, because hopefully it'll be out on Bear social media by the time this episode goes out. I got a I got a message on Facebook from a guy named Ben Solaris, and he is from Australia. And so the message starts off with "Good day, mate," which just makes me super happy. <laughs> uh, but he goes on to tell me that he was on an Axis hunt uh, there in Australia and had a young kid with him uh who lived at the place and and took his bear cruiser and shot two wild pigs and uh he's got footage of it and it's just incredible to see this kid shoot his first animals and uh for them to be with a, a uh, cruiser and and uh it's just an awesome an awesome uh little piece of footage there and so uh he- head over to bears uh social media and hopefully that video will be up by now um but i'll tell alec he needs to get it up uh before this episode drops so um this it was just incredible so go check that out because it made me super happy uh and and you guys are the ones that reminded me of that you know talking about new hunters and 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 getting them their first animals with a bow and and seeing this kid his name is willis seeing him uh shoot his first animal and the excitement Mm -hmm. and the the joy on his face when he turns and looks back at the camera and and uh, that pig's just squalling in the background and he's just got the biggest smile on his face uh, because he harvested his first animal so uh go check that out but before we move on uh i do need to give a quick thank you to our friends over at bonning i just told you i got some new arrows in from easton um the axis four millimeter and i spent all yesterday sunday afternoon fletching up uh several dozens of the arrows and and that's why i absolutely love bonding because they have the wraps they've got the jigs they've got several different veins and and i did uh three different vein configurations and just after a little bit of shooting uh the heat vein which is a new vein for me i've never used it but but the heat vein ran in a four fletch configuration flies absolutely incredible um so go check out bonding for all of your arrow building needs all of your arrow component needs because they are a powerhouse in arrow components um now 
one of you mentioned it. I don't remember who was telling the story. You said you went on an eight day, uh, or you had been in eight days with new hunters and not seen any elk. Um, how do you walk me through the steps you take? Um, what's the word I want to use to hold on to that hunter to make yeah. sure you don't lose them in the guys. I know this sucks, but just hang in there because it gets a lot better than this. Walk me through kind of that process of, of getting a new hunter involved, but the hunting isn't cooperating. Yep. That that's a good question. We, that hunting has a little bit of success. If you look at it with kills, even the best hunters go home empty handed quite a bit, unless they're just paying for animals basically. Um, and so you have to make it about the experience. And that's what we're focused on with all these people. When we were young, going on hunts with our, with our dad and uncles and cousins, we didn't shoot anything, but we loved it more than anything because of the experience we had. And it was fun and we were able to be outside. So that's what we focused on before, like way more than killing. We focused on the experience and building friendships and just having fun. And so we would, uh, just be positive. Like, I mean, there's a lot of jokes going around. I think the first, so, um, the guy's name was Barry. We had him in camp for four or five days elk hunting. And I didn't even see an elk with that dude. I did like, I didn't see an elk and the bugling was like, so, so we, we'd hear a little bit, but really, I mean, not very much bugling either. So we're busting our butts through the Colorado mountains. I mean, 9,000 to 11,000 feet of elevation. Um, and we called in at least a few dudes every day. Like we, we'd see guys all the time. And it was a, it was a difficult hunt physically and mentally, but what you do is you just joke about it. You laugh about it and you have to have a good time. You have to enjoy if, if you want to hunt and you don't enjoy just being outside, just don't be a hunter because you have to enjoy the little things. You have to enjoy just sitting and like listening and sitting and watching just like, just the trees, the birds, whatever, because you have to take those little things. And I don't know, a lot of hunting isn't successful. And so the biggest thing we tell them is like, Hey, there's a lot of this, but sometimes when you finally get that little break and you get that real bull to answer and come plowing through the trees, the 30 yards to like stare at you, like that'll grab you for life. Um, and so you kind of have to tell them about what it can be, but also just be real with them. Be like, Hey, this is what happens. This is Colorado public land over the counter tag. You're going to see a lot of dudes and you're going to have to work really hard for the elk. And I mean, on that hunt specifically, it was, it was a grind, but Hey, both of those hunters loved it. They, they loved it. And they continued with a what Barry, the first hunter we had in camp, he went and hunted for another week, at least, um, had some close encounters. And then the other elk hunter was our brother-in-law and he's still, he's still jacked up about it. Um, and wants to do more of it, but like, uh, the antelope hunt Thomas was mentioning, we had um, the first stock of the hunt with his new hunter. He double longed an antelope at 60 yards, like really insane, amazing shot. Um, he had, That was one of the hunters. He had shot a ton, but never killed anything. Um, but then the rest of that week was just a full-on grind of being in the hot South Dakota dusty air and, um, I mean, army crawling <laughs> for what seemed like miles and not getting shots. Um, and you just have to be real with them be like, guys, this is what it is. Like, enjoy this because this is the process that makes you addicted to hunting. So yeah, just making it a all around fun experience. That's awesome. That, that, and that's what you have to, here's the problem is a lot of people when they try to get kids involved in hunting or, or just new hunters in general, don't have to be kids. 
they try to make it all about the harvest. And when they do that, they lose the hunter because, well, we didn't harvest, so I'm not a good hunter. Or uh, we didn't harvest, so, well, this sucks. You know, I thought this is what we're here to do. But when you get a kid involved or, uh, again, anybody in general, if you get them involved in the entire process and you and you teach them that that we hunt for the for the process we hunt for the joy we hunt for the for the camaraderie we hunt for the lessons learned we hunt for the time spent outdoors when you teach them hunting as a whole then the harvest is just a bonus and you yeah. and what you do is you 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 have now created that person into really understanding what hunting is and you keep them as a hunter rather than almost essentially pushing them away from hunting in the beginning before they ever even get started. Yep. And we also think like our, the Nebraska mule deer hunt, for example, like we just invested in those guys that came. It was uh, two guys from California, Josh and Dylan, and they were great guys. We just invested in them and we're friends with them. Like literally we are friends. We just created friendship. And I mean, we would hunt, have a great day, great time during the days um, chill out, play games. I mean, get a fire rolling at night. Um, and I mean, Dylan, like I said earlier, he missed two like big public land deer, big 150, mm-hmm. 160 inch deer easily. But I mean, he is the most lit up on fire new hunter. I mean, like the guy is going to do it for his entire life. And, but you think like, how, how's he so invested after just missing the deer? I mean, you got to think that was like super hard and like, he wouldn't, he'd just be burnt out, but no, like that dude's on fire. I mean, he's going to be a hunter for his entire life. So, I mean, even when it can be really tough during the hunt, if you do it right and you just make it all about the experience and the journey, you'll have, you'll have hunters for life. So something that I've been kind of like preaching, I guess, after like this whole fall experience is a lot of like the people in the outdoor industry are kind of like scratching their heads, um, focus on this retention thing. Like, okay, we can get people out, but we're just not seeing good like retention rate. Uh, but that was simply like the furthest from the truth with our fall. Um, every single person went out again. And in some cases, like we had, um, two new hunters, uh, our last whitetail hunt, um, late October, they, um, actually met up a separate time after this for like a Montana hunt, um, which was just absolutely awesome to see like, um, them just like continuing to pursue it. All of our hunters did, um, a lot of them were successful. Um, they shot some whitetails, what boar, um, they did some small game hunting, um, all sorts of things. And literally a hundred percent like retention rate, just because they had an awesome time on the hunt, even though only four of our new hunters were successful with us, like all 11 of them went out after, um, wanted for themselves. Um, just because I think me and they were focused on just the time spent with them, whether it was um, successful or not, just good conversations, um, bring back that, that camp vibe that everybody loves. Um, that's kind of what we're focused on. I think, um, if I could just like a PSA is like for anybody taking out hunters, just create that experience, whether or not you're having success or not. Um, I think a lot of God bless any mentor, like that's take, like spending their own weekend to take new hunters out. But if they, if they really invest in that hunter, I think we'll, uh, just naturally see retention rates stick, um, a lot more than, um, just a a mentor just trying to get through the weekend. Um, I think that has just helped so much with our new hunters continuing to pursue hunting. It's not a one and done deal. Like Tom Senna, uh, one of the antelope hunters, I mean, he calls us up every once in a while. Hey dudes, like this last season, he's like, I'm going to a new whitetail spot. 
this is kind of what it like, what, what, like any advice you'd have. And I just sit down and talk with them for 15, 30, 40 minutes. And that's what you need to do. You need to be an all hands-on mentor. But when you create friendships with people, it's like, it's like catching up with a buddy. So that's, yeah. that's, that's my two cents. Yep. That's awesome. And I appreciate your guys's passion and desire to see new people get involved in, in, uh, bow hunting, especially, but in the outdoors in general. Um, one new segment we've kind of started is, is cooking one-on-one brought to you by our good friends over at rebel six seasonings. Um, do you guys have a favorite wild game dish, a favorite, um, a favorite wild game meat? Um, you know, one way you like to prepare a certain wild game, anything cooking that you guys, uh, are really, uh, passionate about there, there's nothing you can't go wrong with any wild game i mean it is like it is the majority of uh the meat i eat in my diet but one thing i i would say with turkey season coming up is i'm starting to get the itch for some some turkey and i think people often struggle with turkey but there's a few easy things that people can do one of my favorite things i did was um i i borrowed a, a recipe from danielle pruitt who works for a meat eater who has that wild and whole and she makes these, uh, it's like a Chick-fil-A um, nugget, like knockoff, but it's with turkey. And it was like the most insane thing I've ever had. I've seen them. I've seen Dude. them and they look phenomenal. I did it with pheasant. Oh, yeah. It was really good. Yeah. The turkey ones I did, I mean, head over to Wild and Whole and look up that recipe. It was to die for. So I'm going to, when I kill my first turkey, I'm going to be dicing that up. And it's like a little, like a small little pan fry and then she of course mixes up a bunch of good seasonings and you can get a good dipping sauce and stuff like that and it was killer i've i've recently experimented with asabuco i did that for the first time loved it um it's basically just bone in um like shank which um, just takes time um kind of just simmering uh on the oven for a while um but more basic right now i have chilling in the fridge um, just like a back roast and some backstrap from this fall. So that's, I mean, that's my go-to just, I'll put some uh, olive oil on it, simple seasoning, um, then just smoke it on the Traeger. That's my, that's my go-to. Yeah. And that's, uh, one thing I tried new and, uh, you know, I, I'm sure there's a lot of technical terms I'm going to miss and, and food critics will get all over <laughs> me. Uh, but I tried ceviche, um, with crappie and I guess, the premise behind ceviche is you use the acid in limes and lemon juice to cook the fish. So mm -hmm. you create like this, I don't know what you call it, but a, a mixture of things. And then you drop your, your crappie in it. And that is what cooks your fish. And it was absolutely fantastic. Uh, but rebel six makes wild game cooking easier because they make, they make a lot of different seasonings for a lot of different wild games. So it's not just buy one seasoning and do all with it. They have venison seasonings. They have duck seasonings. They have fish seasonings. They have Midwest fish seasonings. They have, I mean, it's just, it's, it's an awesome company that makes, that makes cooking wild game easier. So go check out rebel six. What are your guys' 2021's plans for the year? Well, we are taking out uh, four to five new hunters this spring. Uh, keeping the ball rolling. Um, uh, I think we're going to do Nebraska for sure in either South Dakota or Wisconsin. Um, I have baby number two coming the end of March. Actually, the Nebraska turkey archery opening day is the due date. Um, 
So I'm still going to go out um, some, but we're, we're only going to do four or five hunters just because uh, I need to be home uh, some of the weekend. But um, and then into the fall, we're going to we're going to bite off a, a ton more um, hunters, um, really focus on the whitetail just because we realized that was just um, it was easy from one standpoint. But it's like the hunters were just able to have um, a little bit more game experience. Um, a lot of them come. And want to learn the whole cleaning the deer process so um, we have a lot higher chance of getting getting them to see that uh, with some whitetail hunts so um look out like for um more opportunities to hunt with us if you're a new hunter listening um our sponsors like first light um on x bear um you'll see it on their pages so um give them a follow and um we if you if any new hunters are listening and have any questions for us or um, anything along those lines, um, always DM us and we'll get back to you with whether it's a hunting question or a gear question. Um, but yeah, um, personally, I think we're going to do a, a South Dakota mule deer, um, Montana whitetail, some more Nebraska whitetail and mule deer. And of course our beloved Kansas 80, hopefully we can kill a buck again this next year. I would say, yeah, a whole host of new hunter hunts, like Tom said, but I think for us this year, with how just the Kansas City this last year was a tough season. I mean, mainly because we just didn't hunt as much as we normally do with the new hunter hunts. But I think this year um, our management season is just different. We're just going about things different. Um, and I think it's going to be a much better hunting year down there. So I am very much anticipating the next Kansas buck tag that gets filled. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be an awesome year. Awesome fall. I am excited to watch, um, continue to watch the the eighty, uh, the Kansas eighty unfold. And uh, you know, I'm rooting for you guys. I hope that uh, I hope you guys will put down a a. Uh... Now, what's the after that two hundred uh, borderline two hundred buck was harvested? Um, what's your new target buck on that place? So Spencer shot our our uh, Spencer Newhart shot our like our number two all fall. And his, oh, we, call him, on, we call him, we call him club. Yeah. He was, uh, he actually broke off. So he ended up being a 15 point, um, just as non-typical as it gets. You can find him on our, our identical draw, um, Instagram and on Spencer's as well. Um, awesome buck didn't score super high. He was like a, uh, I think he ended up being a 156. Um, everybody like in our, we had a, like a giveaway as you can guess the score. Everybody's like 175, 180, just cause he looks like, just with all his points, he looks Massive. like a lot, but his, uh, his main beam length was more than his width. He was, a, he was 11 and a half inches like width. He was just so tight. Wow. Um, yes. Tight, super tall. Um, so yeah, he, uh, got shot. And then our, our number three buck has been MIA since rival season. So we're counting him out. He was like a, a mainframe 12, um, which I mean, everybody loves a big typical 12. Um, so we have some good up and comers. Uh, we have a buck we call half rack who, um, like his entire right antler busted off, like right past his brow. Um, but his left side is incredible. So, um, probably him with, with both sides next year is going to be awesome. And then, um, I don't know, we have a l- bunch of good up and comers, nobody that like sticks out and we were texting our neighbors. Um, and they're all like, yeah, like, um, this is just an odd year. Like typically we have some big buck that made it through, um, like a big, like 160, 170 that, um, made it through the season, but our, like the big deer around kind of got shot. So, 
um, sure, surely enough, somebody, some big deer is going to pop up, but, um, we're kind of just waiting to see what we find shed wise and, um, what the summer cameras show us. There'll be at least 150, 160 inch deer for sure to chase after, which is good enough for me. I don't, yeah, I don't really care. I just want, I want something that, uh, makes me shake a little bit. Yeah. There you go. Uh, well, gentlemen, before we go, Fred bear was big on field notes. Uh, so share with us a quick little tip that you've learned over the years that I can take, put in my back pocket and will make me a better sportsman along the way. That's a great question. I think that is a good question. Um, we, as a little like hot tip, um, we have these down jackets. Um, and if we ever forget our wind indicator, um, there's usually a hole or two, <laughs> a hole or two poked in our down jacket. We take that little, uh, down feather and toss it in the air and it shows it because it'll catch with any, any bit of breeze. <laughs> yeah. um, that go. is our on the spot wind indicator. <laughs> oh man, that's good. Um, I would say I got, I got three things and it's kind of, uh, based on our new hunter hunts. Um, there are three things that I noted, noticed people needed to be successful. And it was one, shoot your weapon a lot. Be super comfortable with your weapon as a hunter. That's that's the biggest thing I could do. Um, being in physical shape, super important for, I mean, especially Western hunts, but any hunt. Getting up in the tree stand, take care of your body, shoot your bow or tons so you're super confident. And finally, being mentally ready at all times when you're hunting. Just, you never know what's going to pop around the corner. You never know what's over the next hill. Staying mentally positive and ready, I think, was one of the biggest keys towards hunts this last fall. Um, that those are my three, three pillars. Nice. Those are, those are all four fantastic tips <laughs> and things that we can all, um, take and remember to use in the future. Uh, now before I let you guys go, do not forget that bear archery is doing a huge giveaway right now. So head over to the bear archery, Facebook or Instagram to get entered to win. You're going to win a free, bear hunt in idaho this spring with shane mowry the bone maniac you're going to win a brand new 2021 redemption fully set up with all of your trophy ridge accessories pope and young is going to cover your tags and then our friends over at americanhunt.com are going to cover 250 dollars worth of your expenses so make sure and head over to bear archery's facebook or instagram to find that giveaway and find out how you can get entered to win but i can go ahead and tell you that subscribing to this podcast will get you an entry so go ahead and subscribe to the podcast make sure and go follow identical draw on social media you can figure out which one you think is the better looking one make sure and tell them <laughs> make sure and tell them which one you think i got a funny story real quick before we go um i we were hunting with an outfit um pope brothers guide service in texas uh that's where me and alec went and we hunt with those guys every year. They're absolutely phenomenal. And there's a pair of identical twins there that, that work there. Um, and they're both guides. And so one day we were being guided by um, one of the twins. And uh, we had a great day of hunting. Well, then the next day we were headed down further south to hunt javelinas with the other twin, the other guide. And so we meet him. And we just have a killer hunt. We, just, we harvest tons of javelinas. And uh, just an awesome, awesome hunt. And so in an interview on on camera, I said, uh, we're here with our guide, and uh, might I add, he's the better looking of the two, um, whatever I said. And we show back up a year later on the hunt, and we walk in, and the first thing dude says, I'm like, all right, which one are you? He's like, 
I'm the not good looking one apparently. And I'm like, wow. I'm like, you've Dang. been hard. I'm like, you've been harboring that for a year. And <laughs> I'm like, I'm sorry I ever said anything. We'll come to find out he had just watched the episode like the day before we got there. And so he, oh, it was yeah. like fresh on his mind. But that was the first thing he said to me after a year was, well, apparently I'm the uglier of the two. And I'm like, okay, my apologies, man. Uh, yeah, but no, funny. it was it was funny, but uh, it was a good fun hunt all around. But guys, uh, one more thank you to our friends over at Koa Optics. Um, they make some of the finest optics on planet Earth. So whether you're sitting in a tree stand in the Midwest or whether you're going out west to do a lot of glassing, make sure and check out Koa Optics. I've used them for my spotting scopes and my binoculars um, for the better part of five years now, and they are absolutely fantastic. So go check out Koa Optics. For all of your, they don't have shooting optics, so no rifle scopes, no range finders, uh, but their binoculars and their spotting scopes are absolutely fantastic. So go check out Koa Optics. Guys, thanks for listening. Make sure you go get in on that giveaway. Make sure and go follow Identical Draw and tell them which one's the better looking of the two. You guys have a great week. Thanks, thanks Dylan. Dylan.